So here we are already in week four of our series through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And just to refresh us on what we've talked about so far, the first week we kind of did an overview of the Sermon on the Mount and discussed how this is where Jesus is initiating his kingdom. It's here, it's now, and he reigns. And we talked about, as we continue to study through the Sermon on the Mount, what's, what's our goal? What are we trying to do with it? And we looked, at the, we looked at the passage at the end about the wise man who built his house on the rock and the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And we saw that, okay, as we look through the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus teaches, our goal is to actually do it. Actually do what he says, or else we're a fool, as he says. And week two, we looked at the Beatitudes. Okay, so week one, we see, okay, Jesus has a kingdom here. We're, we're supposed to do what he says. Week two, we answer the question, okay, who's a part of his kingdom? Who goes in the kingdom of God? And we answer that, well, it's the poor in spirit, the, the mourners, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted. These people belong in the kingdom of God. So then last week, we went to the next section and saw, okay, we know who's in this kingdom. We know what the kingdom is. Now, what's our role? And we saw Jesus talk about salt and light, that our role is to preserve, preserve his creation and to be a light to the world, to reflect the light of Christ out of the world into the darkness. So here we are in week four. And so far, it seems, you might be asking, well, when are we going to get to Jesus actually teaching us how to live, what to do? Well, that'll finally start next week. The hard stuff comes next week. And today will kind of be the last, the last introductory section, if you will, of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is kind of getting into, well, what is this all about? And this week we're in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 17. So if you want to turn there, I'm going to go ahead and read from that. And this is a challenging part of the Sermon on the Mount, because, because of the language used, we often don't know what exactly does Jesus mean here? What exactly is he trying to get across? And hopefully we can clear that up just a bit this morning. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law, till all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever lacks this one, of these, one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So you can see why this is a kind of a difficult text to understand and to get what he's saying out of it, because the language is kind of weird. He's saying, he's saying, okay, I haven't come to abolish the law and the prophets. Uh, these laws don't pass away. These commandments, whoever doesn't keep them, and if you tell someone else not to keep the commandments, then you're not part of the kingdom of heaven. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And we kind of question that. We kind of think, what exactly is he saying? Because we've always been told, okay, now through Christ, we don't follow the law of Moses anymore. We don't follow the old laws anymore. We don't have to do that. We're free from that. But here it looks kind of like he's saying, is he saying that, yeah, you still have to follow that? I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill them. I tell you, heaven and earth pass away, not a, not a dog will pass from the law until all is accomplished. What's he saying here? Is Jesus saying that we still have to follow the old law of the Old Testament, the law of Moses? Is he saying we still have to keep the commandments from the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, there were 613 commandments given. Uh, at least that's what all the people say who have counted them. I haven't counted them myself, and I don't plan on ever doing so. 
There's 613 commandments. And none of us here keep those. I don't have any goats to sacrifice. Bacon tastes too good to stop eating it. So I just don't follow the laws of Moses. I don't follow the commandments presented in the Old Testament. But is this what Jesus is even telling us to do? Is he telling us to keep following these old commandments and the old law of Moses? Well, if he is, then Jesus is one of the most contradictory persons to ever exist. Because if he's saying right here, you have to keep following these commandments of old. You have to stick to the law of Moses. That doesn't really go well with what he says in the rest of just this chapter. In just chapter 5, we'll see six different times where Jesus says, you've heard it said in the law of Moses, so and so. But that doesn't matter anymore because I say this. And then we see the letters of Paul the Apostle. And most of the New Testament, what we call the New Testament today, are the letters that Paul had written to various churches and various friends. And now Paul's main mission was to go and take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, those who weren't Jews, to let them know that, hey, you can be a part of this now. But listen, here's the thing that's changed. You can do this, you can be a part of what God is doing, but you don't have to be a Jew to do it. You see, up until Jesus, it, we know that... Uh, Israel was God's chosen people. That's the avenue he chose to bless the whole world and to give them grace. But in the law, even those who weren't naturally born as a Jew, as part of Israel, they could still come in that. They could still be a part of Israel if they decided to adopt the laws of Israel and follow the commandments. They could still be a part of it. But then that changed. That's what's different now that Jesus is here. And that's what Paul's mission is to teach them this. That yes, you Gentiles, those who aren't Jews, you can be a part of this now. But you don't have to be a Jew first to do it. You don't have to follow these Jewish laws to be a part of it now. You can be a part of what God is doing through Christ as a Gentile. And when we see a story later on, Jesus decides it's a Sabbath day. That's, that's one of the Ten Commandments. You have to follow the Sabbath, keep it holy, no work on the Sabbath, just take it easy and rest and pray, think of God. But then Jesus decides he's going to heal a man on the Sabbath day. So the religious people come up to him and, he's, and they're like, uh, you can't do this. It's a Sabbath. No words done on the Sabbath. You're breaking the law. Jesus says, don't you know? The Sabbath wasn't made for man. Oh, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Did he break the Sabbath law? Yeah. Did it matter for what he was doing? No. So this Jesus, who in the scripture we just read, said that the law or the prophets are not abolished, and that we've got to keep following the commands, and anyone who doesn't can't enter the kingdom of God. The same Jesus, in this very chapter, six times will say, the law of Moses says this, but that doesn't matter anymore because I say this. The same Jesus changes the definition of what it means to keep the Sabbath. So we know, unless he's the most contradictory person ever, which I don't believe he is, I believe he's Lord, unless that's the case, he's not saying you must keep the law of Moses. You must follow the 613 commandments in the Old Testament to follow God and be a part of the kingdom of heaven. But see, that's what's confusing because it looks like that is what he's saying. So let's examine this a little further 
and see exactly what he's teaching us. The reason it can be confusing is because he uses the term law and the prophets. What does that even mean? Well, the law of Moses, the law is a term typically used to just refer to the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They didn't have, they didn't have a fancy Bible like we have today. Most of them were illiterate anyway, couldn't read or write. So most of what they knew, most of the Jewish traditions that they'd been taught, were orally, through stories, through telling stories. And this story at the beginning of God rescuing his people out of Egypt into the promised land, they call that the law, because a big part of that contains the law. And the law and the prophets. What's the prophets? Well, most of the rest of the Old Testament is filled by books written by prophets, or at least about the prophets. So when Jesus says the law and the prophets, that's just kind of a shorthanded way of saying the Old Testament, the Jewish traditions that you know. He's not literally saying the law of Moses. He's saying the Old Testament. Why is he even, why is he even going through this? It seems kind of, kind of random. Where suddenly he just throws in, oh, don't think I've come to get rid of the Old Testament. I haven't, because that still stands. Where did this come from? Well, what Jesus is doing, and it's, it can be pretty obvious where this came from because of what we just talked about. Uh, he says things that sound contradictory to the Old Testament, like these new ways of laws that he gives. So he knows people are going are gonna to condemn him for this. They're going to accuse him of not caring about the Old Testament anymore. So he just goes in and jumps in and says, Okay, I'm not saying the Old Testament isn't good anymore. I'm not saying get rid of the Old Testament or it doesn't matter. It's still good. This is still Scripture. The law and the prophets still stand. But, what, but what's he saying about them? How should, are we to look at them now that Jesus is here that they hadn't before? And that's where he says, I haven't come to abolish them but to fulfill them. Truly, I said, you know, I owe not a doubt will pass from the law until all is accomplished. He's not saying this doesn't matter anymore. He's saying, I'm the fulfillment of what all this teaches. This whole story of Israel, all the things the prophets prophesy, it's talking about me. This is leading up to me. So, I may say some things that make you question, does he even care about the Old Testament? This isn't exactly what the prophets taught. Or this, isn't exactly what, this isn't exactly what Moses said. We see that in the Sermon on the Mount. Moses said this, I say this. But Jesus has authority over those. These are leading up to him. He's the Messiah that the prophets talk about. He's the avenue that God will go about to bless the entire world, which he promised would come about through Abraham's descendants in the Old Covenant, in the Law, it all points to Jesus. All Scripture points, is intended to point us to Jesus and the coming of Him and what He's done and what He is doing for us. Okay, we say, well, that makes sense. Yeah, the Law and the Prophets. Okay, that's the Old Testament. He's saying, okay, this all just points to me. I'm not getting rid of it. I'm fulfilling this. I'm the end. I'm the climax of what this has all been leading up to. That sounds good and all. We can make sense of that. But then he goes further in verse 19, talking about the commandments. and says, 
Therefore, whoever likes this one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And we see this and we think, well, that's kind of a different story. Because here he's not just talking about, oh, the Old Testament just points to me. Here he's saying, okay, these commandments, whoever says you don't follow the commandments anymore is wrong. And whoever teaches others to not follow them anymore is wrong. So how do we reconcile these things? 